0: Mac Power Users, episode 231, Sticking It to the Man, with Jason Snell. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. Hello, Katie Floyd. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, David. How are you?
0: Good. I'm kind of excited about this show. We have our friend Jason Snell back on the show. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks. It's great to be back. Well, you're you're back in a new role, aren't you? I suppose I am. Yeah. Everything is different now. <laughs> well, you know, as you know, Katie and I are both people like like you used to be, who gets up every day, goes to work, and then has this side thing we're doing. And yep. the side thing keeps getting bigger and bigger. And um, you know, with the things going on over at IDG and, you know, at Macworld, you have uh, been cut free into the world.
2: Yeah, this is true. This is true. I mean, I, I was planning on leaving and then, um, and my employers knew that I was unhappy with the direction things were going. And, uh, and then there was a big layoff was impending. And so it, I didn't get to control the timing of my departure, but in exchange for that, I actually got a little, uh, uh a little little care and feeding for for my departure which i i'm appreciative of because they knew i wasn't going to want to stay if uh they delayed off more people and uh and so it was uh something i was going to do and had been trying to do for a while and uh in the end uh i didn't get to choose the the time and unfortunately it happened in pretty awful circumstances for a lot of my colleagues but uh yeah, but I've been laying the groundwork. In fact, the last time I was on this show was the first time I'd recorded a podcast from my garage. And it was one of the reasons I did that was I was trying to imagine uh, setting up a home office out in my garage so that I could uh, I could work, have a workspace because my house is too small. I don't have an office in the, in the actual proper part of the house. And now, you know, more than a year later, I am speaking to you from the office that's out in the garage. And, you know, and this is where I work every day. So it's a big yeah, change.
1: You just need to own it. It's not like the garage office. Office. It's like Snell Towers or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or the, it is. Yeah. I'm gradually saying office instead of garage for people because I think I'm giving people the impression that I'm like standing uh, next to a workbench with like some tools. And right. Some, is there like a vice
1: know, on your desk, maybe? And, that,
2: and, and and that's not the case at all. We did we did what we're calling the soft conversion of the garage, so we didn't like actually convert it to be. In, you know the part of the house and and uh, all of that, but this half of the garage, I've got curtains between me and the sort of other half where we we're not parking any cars in this. We committed to not parking any vehicles in it, and so there's the sort of storage part that's back behind the curtains, and on the front side here, uh, you know, it's we put down carpet. I mean, it's. I was going to say
0: you got to go to Home Depot get yourself yeah, some carpet. We got
2: yeah. some. We got some carpet in sort of rug form, but it's ba- it's based on a, a giant carpet remnant and with a pad underneath it, so it's like it's carpeted floor, even though you could pick it up Tomorrow, if you wanted to, and uh, I've got a little space heater. I've got uh, I've got a desk. I've got a, a like a cabinet desk hutch thing from IKEA. Um, a couple of carts. I, I, I mean, it's it's now a workspace. It is not uh, it, it's not something where I'm fitting into an existing garage and like writing articles from the hood of uh,
0: a parked car. That's not that's that not what's be, happening. That would be kind of awesome. I have to admit, if you did that just once, you just know?
2: <laughs> yes. I, well, I, I talked to Mike Hurley, who I do a podcast with. with every week upgrade we we, i, I joked with him that um when we're driving to phoenix for christmas this year maybe we'll just do a podcast where i'm in the car in the desert somewhere and <laughs> we'll just talk while we're in the car i was like a little him. car ride
0: i once played poker in on the freeway uh, we were going somewhere. I was going somewhere and the um, there was a chemical spill and we were just stuck. We ah. couldn't get out. And some guy in like two cars down had a deck of cards and we literally played poker on the hood of a car on the freeway. Amazing. It was a great story, but I lost, so I'm not sure if it was mm. worth it or not. Hey, um, but I-, I think it's awesome because you have been kind of talking about this, I know, kind of leaning this way for some time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you finally were able to do it. And as someone who's trying to straddle the line, I just have so much respect for you doing it. And more selfishly, you know, when you were at Macworld, you were a writer, but you were also a manager. And I'm yep. sure you spent a lot of time in meetings and dealing with people and all the things that managers deal with. And now yeah. suddenly uh, you're free from those shackles and you've got this website as Six Colors and You've got more podcasts. And I just I just feel like we're getting a lot more Jason. And yeah. as someone who really likes the things that Jason does, I guess I got to get out of the third person. This is getting weird. But <laughs> um, it's just I really I really appreciate it and, and selfishly love what's happened. So we wanted to have you back on and, and just talk about how you made the transition and how, you know, your technology has assisted you and, and what you're doing. Because I'm sure you're doing sure. a bunch of things different now that you're on your own.
2: Sure, and I, I appreciate the that, that it definitely it's more of me um, to the, to that people can see, and uh, in my old job I, I spent so much time doing managing stuff, and I actually don't I don't mind doing management. I think I I minded the degree to which it became my job. That literally, I like my my last boss at IDG had come up through the ranks editorially and he was at the point where you never saw his name anywhere except like on a staff list he he didn't write anymore all he did was manage and he seemed perfectly happy doing that that was like he liked doing that and what i realized is i always considered management a necessary evil that it was something that i was okay at and that um i i enjoyed to a certain degree like in terms of let's do some brainstorming let's come up with planning not necessarily the human resources side of it but you know but being part of a team like being a leader of a team of editors. I I liked that. I thought I was pretty good at that. Um, But it got so far out of whack that I was, I felt like I was, um, every time I would write something, I felt I was essentially playing hooky (laughs) because uh, they were, they, you know, really, they were paying me to do all of this management stuff. And it was, and, and that's why I got burned out. And so, you know, bottom line, um, I, I do miss working with the team, uh, wouldn't mind working with the team again someday. Um, but, uh, I needed to go off on my own partially because I wanted to try it and try being completely independent, but also partially because I just couldn't after 17 years, uh, especially the last two or three at IDG, I needed to be away from that kind of, um, environment where, where all I was doing was managing. I would burned out on on managing and layoffs and HR and things like that. And and I, I needed to not do that. So uh, what I'm doing now is essentially letting me go back to the things that I loved and put some distance between me and the, the part of my job that became so consuming and made me miserable that I needed, you know, that I was getting burned out.
1: One of the things that you mentioned is that you had been ramping up for this for a, a little while. Um, you'd been doing the independent thing uh, on the side, kind of like David and I have been doing. And then, you know, one day the the switch was flipped, and you said goodbye to IDG. You said goodbye to MacWorld, um, and then you turned on sixcolors.com dot com, and it was like, boom! There's Jason. You're you're ready to go. Um, what did you do to get ready for that? I mean, what were the steps that you were taking in the weeks, and probably more like months before then?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we 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 talked about my garage. I mean, one of the, one of the things was to get a workspace that I, I felt very strongly that I need to have a space to go. My house is very small; it's about eleven hundred square feet. Uh, there there is no desk for me. I I did all my writing on the bed or on the couch. Um, and I wanted a I wanted a place that felt comfortable as a workspace. So I built that, and that took about a year in terms of just like piece by piece carpet order a desk, order a chair. I did a lot of that last um November and December uh because my original plan was to leave last at the at the end of last year and my boss has basically talked me out of it and said no no no, we just had a big management change, things are going to get better. Um and so I you know, I I kept continuing to slowly uh build the office out. And then in terms of the technical side of it, you know, um for the incomparable, uh, the podcast network that I have, the, we we used uh, my friend Greg Noss and I, um, Greg Noss, who David met at our uh, our little incomparable beer fest that we did in San Diego uh, in the summer. Um, Greg is sort of a master of well, um, oh, many things. He's in some ways he's the he's the site, uh, the like web server administrator to the stars. Like literally, there are stars whose websites he administers Um, and so he he and I set up the incomparables website and he built this kind of ridiculous thing in an old version of movable type movable type 4, which he it's written in Perl and he's a Perl guy so he can write plugins for it himself and and so I mean yes if you've got a master of movable type and Perl around movable type is just fine and I do so we built this thing that is this crazy relational database of uh, like five different blogs that all relate to each other and then. That's what we did for the incomparable. So when it came time for me to do to start planning, having my own site, I just work with Greg. And it's actually a pretty vanilla installation of movable type. And I thought about going to um, I'm I'm most comfortable in movable type, even though it's old and uncool, because uh, that's the blogging platform I used by far the most often over the years. Uh, I know how the templating system works. Uh, It renders out static files, which means that you don't get fireballed. Uh, when somebody links to you, which I was fortunate, I had The Verge and Daring Fireball link to me um, several times my first couple of weeks up, and it wasn't a problem. So uh, you know, I worked with Greg, and and um, we set up the the movable type installation, and then I uh, I built the site. F- I actually threw out all their templates because their templates are pretty dated and ugly, and I just built the site myself in. Um, did some in bbedit Edit, I did some in Coda, the uh the HTML and the CSS, turned it into templates, um, had a clone of it that was uh this thing called Snell World, which is where I made my public announcement that I was leaving Macworld and I had that done in the dance, and then was also continuing to evolve those templates uh for the thing that would would come next. And then, you know, meanwhile I'm brainstorming words for sites that are you know sites that don't have mac or apple in them but maybe um or i something (laughs) but maybe hearken back to apple as the thing that i have covered the most and that i know the best uh and so i did a whole bunch of those and and um and uh, six colors which comes from uh a thing that was said at Apple a lot by people that they still bleed six colors, the idea that you're, um, lo- you know, loyal or you've got your history with Apple and it's making reference to the old rainbow, six color rainbow logo from Apple. And Steve Jobs uh, famously in an interview at the D conference said that when he got back there to Apple, um, he wondered why these really talented people were still there quite frankly, because he thought this place is dead. And uh, they said, well, we all bleed six colors. And he thought that, that that struck him. And I thought, well, that's actually pretty good in that it's a reference to old Apple and um, and me having spent my professional career covering Apple without it being Apple X or Mac X or I X because I didn't I wanted the the site to be able to uh, talk about whatever um, and so I, I found it, uh, that it turned out SixColors.com was available uh, there was somebody squatting on it but I could negotiate a price with them and uh, and since there there seemed to be no other you know six colors media property of any kind out there, I thought, well, that's great because what are the chances that you're going to find a clear domain and something that nobody's using right now that's a couple of actual words that you can spell and things like that. So yeah. I built the uh, site and I registered the domain and And then I launched it the day that the iPhone NDA lifted because I I, I would have rather taken a few more weeks to rest. But um, I had an iPhone from the iPhone event, and I wrote a review of it, and I was no longer employed by Macworld. And I thought, well, this is my opportunity. Maybe I'll never get this opportunity again. Uh, I need to make the most of it. So, So I launched it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do it then. And, I, you know, so I was writing like the welcome post on the plane back from the from uh, Seattle where I, I had been in the Northwest that weekend at a conference. And and uh, it was a whirlwind, but uh, and I wouldn't have timed it that way, but I had to do it for the timing reasons. Because now we're in the fallow period where Apple's not going to announce anything new for months. And you, you don't want to launch a site that has a lot of stuff in, on it about Apple and miss the OS X and iOS and iPhone releases. That would be bad.
0: You know, it's funny when you're doing a web-based kind of content property or something. You really do need to spend time getting the name right. And I I really think that one of the reasons our show's been successful is we got the right name. I mean, I like to think it's the content too, but you know, you've got to get you've got to get the name out there to to convey what you're doing. And, And Six Colors is perfect.
2: Yeah, I mean it doesn't mean anything and yet it has a meaning and uh that's that's kind of what I was going for. I I di- I just decided I wanted it to have enough flexibility that it could be about whatever I wanted it to be about while also referencing where I came from. And uh, and like I said, it I learned from when we did TV dot org, which I, now I'm going to have to spell T E E V E E dot org. I learned an important lesson, which is having a website that you have to explain every single time what it is because it, you can't spell it based on. Logic. And it's not even a dot com. It's a dot org. And everybody, you know, now people are a little bit like dot FM or something, but like dot org. Are you a charity? What's going on? It was it was really awkward. And I I, I sort of vowed not to uh, have things that you have to explain how to spell them and um and things that are are like a dot net or dot org and you don't have the dot com and somebody else has that I, I i had those rules so i i feel really lucky because i figured he- hearing like marco arment talk about all the different ideas that he had for overcast before it was overcast um, i feel like i'm really lucky that i came up with something that's pretty good fits my um I'm, I'm very happy with the name. It fits what I wanted to do and that it was available. That's the thing is that uh, I, I didn't have one that was like super awesome that I totally wanted and was unfortunately unavailable. I never had that one that, that like I wish I could do, but I just couldn't. This was the first one where I was like, OK, if I can get it, that's the name and I could get it. So that's the name.
1: Yeah, this may but be I, a little bit of a tangent, but did you um, use a particular service to to get the name to negotiate with the person who had it or did you just contact them directly?
2: So So, in this case, the owner of sixcolors.com dot com had um, they were using a service where basically um, they they had a price listed, and you could negotiate, and I did, and I got it down a little bit, but although not a lot, and they actually sent me comps. It's like like negotiating a house purchase. They actually said, "Here are recent domain sales that are two words, two simple English words." spelled properly with a dot com domain and they sold recently for this and it's very much like so this is why this is worth this is because these others are worth this and and uh you know it was i i finally in the end it was it it was like three thousand dollars it was not cheap but it was not like laugh out loud i 'm never going to buy that kind of expensive, and I thought you know if this is the name I really like and i 'm trying to build a business here um, in the end, if i try this and fail i 'll just shrug it off and be like, Oh well, you know I gave it a shot, and if I succeed then it 's going to be like three thousand dollars that 's nothing, so I just decided to do it and then six colors dot com c o l o u r s which I also wanted for our uh, commonwealth type friends um, that was cheaper, and that was a um, I think that was a they had actually tied it in with hover directly where hover uh knew the price and I could just buy it and and that was that was a much easier purchase cuz I didn't even haggle that was like 500 bucks or something and I just bought it um and so yeah it, it was it was uh it was funny i didn't have i didn't have one of those things that i've had in other cases where you have to write somebody or or try to find the who is or or try to get somebody to contact them and say you know uh is this domain for sale It was a this domain is parked and for sale kind of site and make an offer
0: yeah interesting i you know when I made max Sparky, uh, the Mac was all really that Apple made you know well, I guess there was an iPod at that point but the um but barely and uh, now they were making so many other products i have to wonder at some point will my website not make sense to anyone because you know who knows right. what the future holds so i think you were smart and uh, <laughs> you're,
2: you're 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 sparky mcsparks yeah, some, or something some, yeah, exactly. it's the, well i mean <laughs> hey uh, working for things with mac in at the beginning of their name for 20 years um i w- i became well aware of the fact that i think i, I I always felt like it was a mismatch and it was workable, but a mismatch that this is Mac something. And we're talking about the iPhone. And we did it because how could how could you not? But it was a mismatch. And I think there are people out there who really identify with the iPhone and the iPad and look at a Mac whatever and think, well, that's, you know, I have no tie to the Mac. They may not even use a Mac. And uh, so I didn't want that. I mean, it, one of the great ironies is that, is that one of my favorite Apple related websites is Mac Stories. By Federico Vitici, yeah. who is basically iOS only at this point. Yeah, he's point.
0: basically given up the Mac. And yeah, his site is called Mac Stories. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's fine. It's a nice name and all, but I just didn't want to do that. I just, I, nor did I want to ha- hang everything on I something or other because I think that's too cute and it's kind of over over now. It's been it's been too long. It's kind of hackneyed, and now even Apple is kind of over it. And everything they're doing is Apple whatever, which is really smart because that's their that's their name. So you know. It's no, there's no confusion. The Apple watch it's from Apple, it's the Apple watch.
0: So, so you got your website set up, you bought yep. your domain and you set up your garage and you yep. also got some hardware.
2: I did. I did. So uh, for years, well, for years, for years, I have been a MacBook air person. Um, and my latest MacBook air is a, is a 11 inch MacBook air, uh, I seven, and in the year that I had this uh, office setup out here, I had a 24-inch Dell monitor on an arm and a, uh, a 12 South Book Arc, and I would just put my MacBook Air in it and plug it in to the Dell monitor. And I, I bought a I bought a a Belkin Thunderbolt hub, so I only had to plug in one cord, <laughs> and then everything else was uh, you know off of the Thunderbolt hub, which was actually pretty great. Yeah, um, but. Uh, so that was my setup. That, so Bluetooth keyboard, Bluetooth mouse, it was just docked. It was like I had a 24-inch iMac, basically, except I could pull it apart and take it away, and it was my laptop.
0: I could take it to work. And, and there's a, a real advantage to that because you don't have to deal at all with syncing files. And it's just everything's on one machine, and you can go anywhere with it and continue where you left off.
2: Yeah, it's it, it was great. I, I had an iMac for a while at work, and I, I ended up going back once the... Once I realized I had this i seven i seven MacBook Air with uh, flash storage, you know, it, it's so much faster than the iMac I had with uh, with which was I think an i five and it was one generation older, but it was and it had the spinning hard drive and it was uh, it was slow, <laughs> and the uh, and the uh, MacBook Air was not slow, so that was my setup and I, and it was great. And then uh, the Retina iMac c- uh, came out. And I also discovered that my former employer, one of my severance benefits was some money toward a new computer uh, or or job retraining. It was a very strange benefit that I think started as a sort of like a, you're a steel worker or a, pr- a printing press operator and you need some job training because yeah. you probably can't find a job. I wish
0: <laughs> if I were you, Jason, I would have taken the job retraining and like gone and done something like like welding. But yeah, I could even go to the International Welding fraud. School.
1: Have you seen their advertisements uh, or? Yeah, I laughed
2: at it initially, and then I thought, well, you know, writers and editors, maybe they maybe they do need uh, to get into a more honest uh, business. Well, but, you know, you know the old yeah. story,
0: right? The the lawyer hires a plumber to come fix his um his sink, and he keeps looking over the guy's shoulder, and he's looking at the sink while the plumber's trying to fix it, and the plumber's kind of getting uncomfortable, and the the lawyer says, "Hey, I'm really sorry, but I put myself through law school being a plumber, and I can't help but watch." And the lawyer looks up at him and says, "Yeah, so did I."
2: <laughs>
0: um, i don't know gotta so, be around the lawyers appreciate it but so, so you got so, an imac but i yeah I, I so wanted, they gave, I they gave me, me before, i used my
2: job retraining money for to buy a new computer instead so i bought after reviewing one that apple loaned me i decided i would just go ahead and buy one yeah I, and, and i have to talk to you talk um, to about that but, you, but first you i influenced want to talk about a few about
1: other purchases it.
2: I guess so. I, I had several people say, oh, I read your review, and then I bought one. And I'm like, okay, wow, that, that this is an expensive computer. I, I hope you enjoy it. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. That's well, that, that, you know. That, well, I want to talk to you nice about to that
0: iMac in just a minute. But before right. I do so, let's talk about our first sponsor today. Oh, good. And that's that's LaunchBar. We're so happy to have LaunchBar back uh, sponsoring the show. They've got a brand new version out, version 6. Mm-hmm. And for those of you out there who don't know about LaunchBar, this is something you want to check into. It's it's like Spotlight, but it's like so much better. It it's a keyboard launcher where you can launch applications, get access to contacts, and those types of things. But it can also allow you to file man, uh, manage files, tag, AirDrop. Uh, the new version has additional indexing rules, so you can like look through your reminder list from launch bar. You can do Finder tags. Uh, you can go and access your Safari iCloud tabs. So so for instance, when I'm working on a field guide, I've got a bunch of iCloud tabs that I'm using to go to like the website that I buy stock images from and places I go to check my grammar. I I do all of those right from Launch Bar. It's it's kind of like magic. And uh, with the new actions that allow you to actually tag files from your keyboard or browse file information or even get usage statistics, um, this thing can really improve the speed at which you work at your Mac because keeping your hands on the keyboard. There's really nothing like it. And um, you know. With the most recent version of Mac OS X, Yosemite, Spotlight did get some improvements and it has got some increased features. And the interesting thing about that is all of a sudden, like my wife is using Spotlight because it she's getting more information out of it because it's more powerful. But then she was watching me on my computer the other day and I had a bunch of files on my desktop because we had just went through bills together and scanned a bunch of documents. And I just selected them really quickly. I hit my launch bar keyboard combination, which for me is control space. And if you hit the control and you hold the space down in launch bar, it selects them. And then it's like, it get, it's like the old Quicksilver days. It gives you the ability to have a noun and a verb. So the files are selected the way I selected. It, it says, Oh, do you want to do something with these? And I just tap action, which is my action folder where I put these files in to send them with hazel to all their various places so i just hit i tapped a seed and an action came up and i hit um enter and it said move to action i hit enter again and boom all those files were off my desktop in my action folder and then hazel went to work and daisy looks at me and says wait wait how did you do that? <laughs> you know, and this is my wife, who's not really into super geeky things. But because of Spotlight, all of a sudden she's aware that this stuff exists. And now she's getting a launch bar on her computer and she's getting into it. So um, I really feel like it's a great upgrade to what we've got with Spotlight. The new version also has themes, so you can kind of have a dark theme or a Yosemite theme however you want it to look they've it's you know the the UI has really got a nice upgrade and I want you to go check it out uh there's additional features you can extend launch bar with custom actions now written in common scripting languages or you can uh, write your own or you can add them from developer submitted uh, actions so there's just a lot you can do with it now uh go to launch bar uh it's Uh, You can use LaunchBar for free as long as you like it with all the features available. But after 30 days, it's going to start asking you, hey, you know, why don't you give me some money because this is a lot of work. Um, So go check it out. You can get a single license for $30 or a family license, which we're going to do now for $48 now that my wife is becoming a nerd. And that makes me really happy. So (laughs) everybody go check out LaunchBar version six. If you haven't seen it in a while, you need to go check it out. And uh, thanks, LaunchBar, for supporting the show. Oh, and also they do have upgrade pricing, by the way. So if you are already an owner, you can get in even cheaper.
2: Love, 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 love Launch Bar. That yeah. is, uh, I cannot live without it.
0: Yeah, well, it was one of our very first shows. We did a deep dive on it. It was like episode like three or four. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But I think we probably need to go back there at some point because they've they've really upped their game. Oh, Yeah. Um so so, so j- go yeah. ahead Katie.
1: I was going to ask are you still using the 11-inch MacBook Air at all or have you moved completely over to the Retina iMac?
2: I am I'm still trying to figure out I mean obviously when I travel I can't like we're going to go for a couple of weeks to to uh, visit my mom for Christmas and I I'm not going to have the <laughs> to pick it Retina up and pack it. I mean, me, come right? on. So I'm going to have to do that then. I I um I'm still trying to figure that out. I I've got it in the house. It definitely doesn't get used nearly as much as it used to, but what I'm trying to do is use it uh, one... one approach is to have the kind of i've shut down for the day out in the office but now i need to do something short but it's something computery i will i will do it then um and then the other thing that i i've tried a few times now is when i'm sort of sitting at my desk and staring at the screen and thinking like you know the words aren't coming i need to change the scenery or something like that sometimes i will go in the house especially if it's like during the day and my wife's at work and my kids are at school and i'll sit on the the couch again, or I'll sit at the table and I'll adjust to get in a different place and write on the keyboard um, or on on the laptop there. And when the weather is better In the summertime I, I, I always did like Going out in the backyard Actually and doing some writing Under the tree in the backyard On a warm day And I will probably do that again too So I, it, it's uh, Yeah I'm, I'm taking advantage Of the portability of it now So that's, that's when I'm using it But I already am discovering All the reasons Why you don't want to have Two computers Which is I, I want to launch an app and, or, or it says There's an update available And I thought I already updated that And it's like Oh right I updated that On the other computer um, But I use Dropbox all the time And most of the stuff that I'm working on, I keep in Dropbox sort of habitually. And so that's been good because now that stuff is also on my laptop at at any given moment. And that's so that's been good. So I'm still it's a work in progress. Uh, But I I have enough in some ways leftover habits from when I was using the iMac at work that uh, I'm syncing a lot of files with Dropbox already. So it hasn't been that big of a a deal, but it, it remains to be seen how much I really use it, other than traveling and uh, some very particular circumstances in he, uh, in the house
0: he used to re- be required to be a pretty geeky person to successfully run two computers because syncing used to be actually pretty hard and now, when you look at services like Dropbox and the transporter and even iCloud, right. uh, which is starting to get a little better with some of the stuff the or even like an app like Chronosync. I mean, there's just so many ways now to share the data that I feel like it's not nearly as difficult as it used to be. And also I think the application developers have got a lot better about um, not creating the application or or installing it in such a way that it's difficult to run on multiple instances. Like the application support files are on some applications five years ago. It actually was kind of difficult to run the same application on two Macs or you'd have to do something kind of you know weird in terms oh, yeah. of getting that stuff transferred over, and they just aren't like like BB Edit is is really good at sharing that stuff across. Multiple.
2: Well, BB Edit, you can just drop it in Dropbox, and that's yeah. no problem. I yeah. I um I've also taken advantage of the fact that when I migrated when I got the new iMac, I migrated my laptop to it, so they're basically the same, or at least at that point they were identical Yeah, in terms you had of the same base. Yeah. And and that, that's been helpful. The only, uh, I had a couple apps where, where, um, it said, "Well, wait, wait a second. Which one am I?" Where it got confused and it was thinking, "You know, I changed the name of them on one, and the other one's name would change to keep it in sync because the, the 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 cloud service thought they were the same computer." And it's like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's." So I had to uninstall and reinstall a couple of things, but mostly that's actually been a really great base because all the all the software is the same on all of them. And yes, that will diverge a little bit now, but most of the stuff auto updates and you know, or, or as a Mac app store update, and those should just kind of all continue on their chain. So that made it a lot easier is having, having the iMac actually be a version of my old laptop and then use that as the base.
0: The other advantage for someone in your position is, and I have the same issues, uh, de- developers often send me betas and they want me to test things for them and, or just run a beta so I can talk about it intelligently when it launches. But it's always a little scary uh, loading up your computer with a bunch of beta software and with having two computers. Now you can pick one as kind of the test platform for things that That's true. you don't want to, um, you know, put the main machine at risk
2: yeah the, the problem i always have with that is that you you know if you're if you get a beta you want to use it um and if i put it on a secondary system i'm never going to use it so i i, I want to put it on my primary but then if it messes things up then my primary is messed up it's always a problem i'm fortunate that i often will have a a loaner something floating around um and that's even true now actually apple um have gave me a uh, a loaner they call it an extended loan i think i have to turn it back in a couple of months, but it's a, it's a MacBook Pro um, that I've got uh, that I don't use and it's, it's actually right behind me right now and that's my reference system. That's, that's where I can go and either put betas on it and junk it up or have the non junk version over there while I'm looking at a beta version on the other system. And that's a, that's a nicety as a, as a, you know, a, a professional writer <laughs> that I have gotten where sometimes I've just got an extra Mac around because there's a, there's a review unit and this is my Mavericks or no, my that's, that's old Yosemite review unit. Um, that when I left Macworld, I was like, should I give this to Macworld? And they're like, no, 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 no. Take that with you. We're transferring all your loan agreements. Um, it was really funny actually they're like okay what are you bringing with you and what are you leaving behind and i gave them a list of like it's this you know it's this iphone and this mac and all that and and you know they keep track of it and it's and there's a loan agreement i signed and i'll be shipping i've got the box and i'll ship it back it's not like they're giving me hardware but um it was funny that they're like, no, no, we want you to take that with you. So that's great because that gives me a a system because these days, if I needed a reference system, uh, I'd have to buy one <laughs> myself. I can't go to the Macworld Lab anymore and say, hey, got any extras, which they always did. Wow. So um, that that's a nice uh, uh, benefit to be able to install weird software and not have it be on my main system if that I don't want it to be.
0: That must have felt really great, though, because here you are going out on your own. You're leaving kind of the premier publisher in the Mac, I always felt like MacWorld was, yeah. and and you're going out on your own. And they said, "Hey, you know, we really we you know we support you, and we want you to keep writing about stuff, and no, you know, they're giving you the same privileges you had when you were the editor of MacWorld. I mean, that's they,
2: they've nice. been very supportive. Um, you know, I got invited to the to the October event, which was great. Um, and you know, I was there, and and there was one person from MacWorld there, so we basically got the same treatment. Uh, I think neither of us got an advanced uh, advanced unit of of the um, of the iPads or anything, but that's fine that I I, my my advanced review uh, access has been spotty throughout. I I, I think I have a I've always had a stronger relationship with the Mac PR than the iOS PR. And I think that's only because um, there are many fewer people who specialize in writing about the Mac, whereas iOS, you know, every outlet, you know, large and small. Yeah, writes about iOS. So if they have 50 units uh, for an iOS device, it's a lot harder for, for me to fall in that 50 than it is to get a briefing about a, a Mac OS update or or a new Mac. We'll see how it goes. I mean, they may, they may be they've been very nice so far. I hope it continues because it's great to. Have that the more I have to like you know Macworld, we just bought stuff, <laughs> and that's yeah. going to be a lot harder for me on my own to do, so having some access to review units and things like that is helpful, and in the case of the, the iMac, it worked great. they shipped it to me, I did my review i it was a two week loan I you know shipped it back at the end of the two weeks, and at that point, I already had ordered one of my own, so yeah,
0: so you're about a month in. Have you got used to the screen yet?
2: oh yeah, yeah, you know uh, for me, the retina, there are moments where I go, wow, that's retina. Like every now and then I'll open up a text editor and a certain font will strike me and I'll, I'll think, wow, that looks way sharper. Mostly you get used to it. Uh, the occasional image I see on the web or on my, on my desktop background, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's, that's much clearer than it should be. But what I found is mostly what happens is then you look at something that's not retina and you go, oh, right, this is what it was like before. And you kind of forget. You can, It's very similar to being on an iPhone or an iPad. And, and back in the day when, you know, you might have a retina iPhone but not a retina iPad and you switch and you're like, oh, wow, look, I can see the dots now. Um, but it's more more like that I, I i do feel spoiled actually that's one of the things that i feel is is i look at this stuff and i think yeah yeah it's nice and, and, I, and then i have to remind myself like no no th- that's retina that's really attractive uh smooth text there don't get you know don't get used to it but you do get used to it
0: this morning you know we are recording this on a saturday morning i woke up for some reason I just woke up early. I have a bunch of stuff going on at my day job. And so I'm writing a big thing for work. And I opened up Scriver this morning and I had it split down the center of the screen. So on the left side, I've got these very detailed PDFs. On the right side, I've got all this text. And I just stopped for a minute and looked at it. And I said, you know, i love this computer. It is so gorgeous. <laughs> you, know, when you're, you know, when you're working on detailed text and you've got that really sharp text, it, it really I don't know i I have yeah. not got over it yet. I still just sit here and drool at it sometimes. Uh, where are the pain points though now that you've been doing this for a month or so, having two computers, I'm sure you've run into a few things that have required you to adjust or kind of rethink
2: i'm not I'm not using the MacBook Air enough to have hit the pain points yet, and like i said i I habitually put things in Dropbox, yeah. So um, when I've had a moment of thinking, oh, where's that file? It's a Dropbox. So it's on the other computer. So I haven't had uh, any real pain points, I think. It's um, yeah, for me, it's more that I'm noticing I'm noticing where my workflow Okay, so this is Mac Power users, right? You, you you guys talk about this all the time. So let's let's break it down. You you get a workflow and in your mind you've got like the math all calculated. Like like this is gonna take this long and this is gonna take this long. And it's almost like algebra. And what I've really found is me adapting to the retina iMac because it's got four cores. It's running at a really fast clock speed, so it's single core performances is impressive, and then it's got four cores where the old Mac air had two and so it's way better at multi-core it's you know it's essentially as fast as the low end mac pro uh for roughly you know so my workflows are the thing that i keep thinking why is this not going faster (laughs) or alternately did something happen? Did it did it just run that whole thing right now and like all my impressions of like what's going to take more time and what's going to take less time are off a little bit and it and it's also making me question some of my you know you leave a workflow you you leave a, a an automator action or a script or something like that for years where you're like oh it's fine um And it gets older, and it's weird. But you're like, it's never at the point where you're like, okay, I need to, I need to spend some time and actually rethink this and make it, make it work right. And that sort of thing is happening to me. That combined with a job change, where I'm not using the CMS I was using before, the HTML, you know, uh, needs that I have are different. Uh, So I'm doing a lot of that stuff. Um, So I'd say that's the big adaptation. Is not going from one computer to two computers. It really is going to a computer that is. not only the job change, but a computer that is different and having me ask myself, like, do I need to upgrade the software? I I discovered some, some apps that I thought were probably multi-threaded that I was like, that's going to be twice as fast. And nope, <laughs> they're, they're decidedly single-threaded and it's disappointing. They're just, they're faster, but they're not. Uh, So much. So I'm doing a lot of that where where I'm just I'm noticing how it's not the same math that I had come to know with my MacBook Air, which, you know, I I had, you know, before I had this i7 MacBook Air, I had another i7 MacBook Air. So for like four or five years now, I've had an i7 MacBook Air it's pretty, pretty sweet. So I, I got used to the dynamics of that system and the, the retina iMac is totally different. So it, it's causing me to rethink a lot of, uh, a lot of my tool use and my automation just because not, not because it's unacceptable, but because it's just, it's different enough that I'm, I'm noticing it more and asking myself the question of like, should I do something to, to make changes here?
0: Well, I can tell you, cause I'm on two computers now as well. I, I had that big thing where I said, I wrote about the new iMac. Just don't go look at it, and you'll be fine. And then I (laughs) I, can't be looked at. I I read your review, and I'm like, well, I'll just go look at it. And then you know, like twenty five hundred (laughs) dollars later, I got a new computer. But the but it's totally worth it. I like I said, I just love this computer. But the one pain point I have is is the automation stuff, like the. Apple scripts that I rely upon, and even like sometimes document templates in the iWork um, suite, those things don't really easily sync over. So I've created a folder. I've created a folder on Transporter, and I've got like all the weird stuff that I just put in there. Like I I save documents that may be templates, I save Apple scripts, sometimes I save other type automation things that I'm doing. And that way I know I've got at least. access to it so if i get to one computer and it doesn't have that apple script that i like so much i can just you know pull it out of transporter and then install it on that computer but you're absolutely right
2: that is one of those things that that i've even noticed myself is where is this like for me what was the latest one it was a oh, i can't even remember now was it was an automator there was something that i was trying to do on the laptop and i was like why, why isn't this working and i realized Oh, I'm now viewing the canonical place where I do all of the workflow, you know, changes as the IMAC, and that stuff is, oftentimes can't be or is hard to put in Dropbox or on the transporter.
0: And uh it's a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hazel rules were the ones that get me all the time. Uh-huh. Because you had to be yeah. exported and reimported.
0: Yeah. In fact, whenever you do a nuke and pave on your Mac, everybody, um, your Hazel rules, make sure you have them saved because that's one place I got bit once and it was Ouch. very sad because yeah. I have a lot of hazel rolls.
1: In fact, just why don't you right now go export them and back them up? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good um, pro tip. So um, we, I want to talk about writing because now you're not at the corporate yoke and I suspect you have some new work writing <laughs> workflows.
2: We were pretty, um, I don't know. We we were pretty rebellious even at the, at the, at the uh, corporation. I mean, I, I ended up building Dan Morin said this on, on clockwise the other week uh, we did a, a a question about automation And he said, you know, I always mean to do automation stuff and I never do. In fact, most of my automation tools that I have were written by Jason. (laughs) And it's true. I did a lot of AppleScript and BBEdit. Packages and things like that at MacWorld for us because they said, "Hey, we got this great CMS. You can you can write your article inside the CMS." And all the others and were like, like, "Yeah, that's no, thank you, n- never going to happen." Yeah. And uh, so you know, people would use their their app of choice, but we had a edit site license, so we were pretty rebellious anyway. But yeah, it's totally a different thing now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, writing writing your own article on the website is kind of like doing your own open heart surgery. <laughs> Yeah, while the nurse is pedaling a bicycle to keep the lights on. I mean, it's not, and <laughs> yeah. yet that's how it works. <laughs> but you, you know what? I, but I, I did write some stuff for MacWorld, and I, of all the people I've written for, they were the most forgiving. They I wrote it in Markdown and sent it in, and yeah. I mean, n- nobody did that. So I guess maybe it hasn't changed that much. What have you changed with the way you're writing? Because you're you're producing so much content now. Well,
2: well, so I'm writing the same way that I did before, which is it's almost all in Markdown and, and in BB Edit. And the – so not everybody adopted Markdown because not everybody likes Markdown. I know it's hard to accept that, but not everybody does. But uh, most of the tools that I built for Macworld were Markdown tools in BBEdit. I said, look – I'm using these. You can use them too. <laughs> and part of partly that was me being a rebel and saying, I, I, please stop using Microsoft Word. Um, <laughs> right? It's like, please stop. Yeah. We work on the web. Why are you using Microsoft Word? Uh, you know, you can't really export good HTML out of there. The styles won't come over if you copy and paste. Don't do it. Right? And uh, and so I'm still doing that. I'm still writing in, in Markdown. Um, now I'm using Movable Type. It doesn't matter. It's using it's using Markdown plugin. It's actually using John because. Because it's it's written in Perl, uh it's using john gruber's original markdown Perl script in fact i had to get a new version of it uh and and have greg Noss uh install it because i found a, a weird quirk that i pointed out to gruber actually um and i i have some hope that uh sometime here, I think it's been about ten years since he updated Markdown. I have some hope that he might actually roll out an update update of Markdown with some bug fixes in it at some point, the canonical Pearl version of Markdown. So, you know, I in the end I preview in BB Edit. I've got a little template uh in BB Edit that uh mimics the Six Colors website. And I can I can preview in there and then I paste it into Movable Type and preview it there and then make it live. And uh that's on the text side, that's actually um
0: that's actually not that different at all uh, can, on the can I wait now, yeah. before we move on. Can I ask you a little bit about that? Because yeah. B, BB edit comes up on the show occasionally. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have several friends that are web developers that um, are Mac zealots because of BB edit. It's like they, they were using a PC. They saw BB edit at some point and they went and bought a Mac and they still use BB. Edit. They swear by it. They love it. And um, I know you are. You know, I I suspect that's how you got in to begin with, because you did some web stuff too, right? Yeah. Or have, you, I, have you always used it as just a writer?
2: I can't. My guess is that I, I did probably start doing web stuff in it and and then um and then started writing things in it. But I've been a I've been a kind of plain texty kind of writer for a long time, because when you're writing for the web, especially, you know, I. When I started writing for the web, I would just write HTML. I mean, what John Syracuse is still does. <laughs> it's just I just write in the HTML, and and at some point I, I saw Markdown and I thought, oh well, this is good because it's less likely that I'm going to forget to put a quote at the end of the href uh, yeah. link. And, and or or misclose it. Uh, it's much less likely that I'm going to do that with Markdown. It's a little easier to type, and then it'll generate the HTML. And so, yeah, probably what happened is that somebody like Stefan Samoji at MacUser said you should use BBEdit, and I got BBEdit and started doing web page coding in it, and then just decided I could just write. You know, write, then I was writing articles that. W- there was a time when web page coding was writing articles on the web, so you literally just do that, and then. Then at that point I was in there and I've been, I've been using it so long. It's like 20 years almost that, um, that it would be very hard to get me, to get me out of it. Now Scrivener did for novel writing, but for, you know, and I, I will occasionally write something in Mars edit, but um Cause it's nice and, and, and lightweight, but mostly I just, I'm comfortable in BB edit. It's always open. I might as well use it. And then it does have, I'm sure I don't use any, I I don't, I definitely don't use any of the like programmer features, but there's so many other features in there that I do use if not daily, then on a, on on an often enough basis that um, it's just, it's easier to stay in it.
0: Then the next time you and I are in the same room, I want to sit down and look over your shoulder as you do some of that. Um, because I I feel like I'm missing out on this and this is kind of a running thing on this show because I I'm a I'm a byword user I don't know if you're familiar it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a nice mm-hmm. simple lightweight text app but it's really great it syncs flawlessly to the iPad and the iPhone and the Mac and you know when I'm writing not a big scrivener project but just like generally writing I find byword so great because it it, it shows uh, markdown syntax highlighting. It, uh, it using Brett Terpstra's you know plugins and services I'm able to give it lots of power on the Mac, right. and but then everybody keeps talking about BB BBEdit and how they're doing great stuff with it. Um, I, I want you to explain that for me because I, I just I feel like I'm missing something. I need someone to tell me what I'm doing here because I'm a geek and not. I am always looking for the next thing. Uh, before <laughs> do we not. do that though, I think we should probably take a, a minute to talk about our next sponsor.
1: Yeah, I want to take a minute to talk about our pals over at Drobo, and people ask me all the time, you know what. Explain to me this, this Drobo thing. How is it different? What is it, Drew? Uh, well, Drobo is is one of these smart NAS devices. It's network-attached storage, basically a big bucket where you can put all of your stuff. But it's more than that. It's, it's a safe, expandable, simple storage array. Uh, your data is protected against single or multiple hard drive failures, depending on how you've got it configured. In fact, just this morning, uh, I woke up, and at 2.36 a.m., I had an email from my Drobo saying, um, Hi, uh, Katie, your drive in Bay 1 just failed, so you might want to fix that. Okay, thanks. Um, didn't quite say that, but, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. But you know what? I put my iPad down and rolled over and hit the snooze button and, you know, napped for a few more minutes because it wasn't that big of a deal because I'm not worried. I know that I didn't lose any data on my Drobo. And in fact, I'm going to be able to, you know, pop that drive back out, put a new one back in, and in fact, expand the size of my Drobo because I'm going to pull that one terabyte drive out that was getting old anyway, uh, and then put a new one back in. Uh, Drobo makes a number of different models for you. Uh, They make four, five, or eight drive capacities and a number of different interfaces ranging from uh, USB to Thunderbolt to with USB to iSCSI and more. You can find all of the information about their products at drobo.com. And you can use a Drobo for a whole bunch of stuff, from just storing files and data that's too big to fit on your Mac, especially in a world of SSD-based Macs, to backing up your Mac, to connecting it to a Mac Mini server or other Mac to use to serve your media. Uh, the new Drobo is the Drobo Gen 3, and it's probably one of their most popular versions. It is a four-drive array with a USB 3.0 connection, and it enables users to quickly move files. If you've got a previous version Drobo, you can just pull the drives out of there, pop them into the new one, and you're going to instantly get a performance boost and protect the investment you have in your old hard drives. It is three to five times faster than its predecessors because it has a new dual-core microprocessor, and it can... Uh, Transfer data at up to 200 megabytes per second and withstand up to two simultaneous drive failures. Uh, it is optimized for Time Machine. I use my Drobo for Time Machine. And you can create a separate drive volume on Drobo and control how much space Time Machine uses so it doesn't grow and get out of control. Uh, this m- model also has protection from drive failure because it has an internal battery in a small SSD cache. So if you're writing data and something happens, it's going to be able to finish that write in the event of a power failure so you don't have to worry about data corruption. And this is the cheapest Drobo ever with a list price of $349. But we're going to be able to do even better for you. Uh, Mac Power users, listeners, can save $90 off for a limited time your purchase of a Generation 3 Drobo, a Drobo 5D, or Drobo 5N if you go to DroboStore.com and use the code Holiday Power. That is all capitals, and it is case sensitive all uppercase holiday power. That code is valid through midnight on December 29th, 2014. And if you're feeling lucky, go to drobo.com slash MacPowerUsers, and you can register in their sweepstakes to win a Generation 3 Drobo. Uh, you got to enter by midnight on December 31st, and if you win, they'll send you an email. So thanks to Drobo for sponsoring Mac Power Users.
2: That's a great I- deal. No. I have, uh, I just checked 900 gigabytes of incomparable show audio. All my editing files on a Drobo, and I've got 13 terabytes available, so I'm doing okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you've got you've got more storage space than I do.
2: This um, is why I have an SSD in my uh, iMac, and people are like, "Aren't you worried about the storage space?" I'm like, "Nope, I got a Drobo. It's I just it's unlimited storage space, basically. Plus, I have a transporter. Plus, I have a Space Monkey. I have lots of storage. I have more storage than I know what to do with it. So,
0: yeah, we just had um, a love the Drobo. That my kids keep putting all the media on the family five in. You know we have a Drobo f- five in, and yep. I got the note that it was running out of space. I went on Amazon uh, for 130 bucks. I got a four terabyte internal drive and swapped it for a one terabyte drive, Boom. and it's like done. And it's like. <laughs> I, I just can't get over – I guess I've been using computers so, so long that I I have a, a mental block where you go to an operating storage device and you yank a hard
1: drive out of it and yeah, put another one in. That's kind of that, – that's a little – I mean, I, I don't do that. I, I turn it off like like a lady. I turn it off, oh, take the I drive do. out, and put oh, the man. new one in.
0: Civilized. Yes. I rip it out like a badass, man. I just don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I know. Uh, I know anyway. you can. I know you can just rip the drive out. But you know, no, I'm just like you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna power you down. We're gonna be gentle. I'm gonna put take you the old know, one out and put the new one in.
2: You know, being being polite. You don't have to be polite, but sometimes it's nice to be polite. Yeah.
0: Well, at ninety bucks <laughs> off. If you're gonna in, in the new year, you're gonna get your yep. backup sorted out. That's a good deal. So thanks, oh, Trobo. Yeah. Um. All right. So so BB edit. I I I bought it. I have it here, but I just never really got my mind wrapped around it. Like I said, I've. I'm like you, I'm kind of um, in my habits here with Byword, but I know there's a lot more I could be doing with BB Edit. Certainly missing out on.
2: There definitely is. I I think at some point you should probably do a BB Edit, like entirely BB Edit show. (laughs) You could really do
0: it. We should. Maybe we should. Maybe you could help um, us
1: out with that, Jason. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I could. And, uh, you know, I know a guy. Also Rich Siegel, <laughs> the guy who wrote it is yeah. uh, he, he knows some stuff about it I, so the way I, again and not coming from a programmer's a- uh, angle like in terms of the automation the, the clippings features are really great they um you can basically create your own keyboard shortcut t- to wrap anything in anything and there you can actually embed apple scripts in there so you can um you know you can have it uh execute a script grab some text uh move the cursor somewhere put in the text there's there's a lot of things you can do just with the clippings which are very simple and then uh the script support is pretty strong so i have a um the script that I was my go-to script at MacWorld was um, one that would actually run all because we had to paste in HTML, not Markdown. It would actually run uh, Markdown and SmartyPants uh, Perl scripts uh, that were embedded in the BBEdit package they just came with. Um, that I I built this BBEdit package. It's like a plug-in module that contains it can contain all sorts of different BBEdit plugins, um, like scripts and and um, and uh, clippings and other things like that, and um, And uh, it would do that, but it would also do a bunch of style things that I had set up. So like we we had a style of, uh, we finally decided website was one word, not capitalized W instead of two, but everybody had this muscle memory. I certainly did of typing it the old way. So it would, a bunch of those. So it would just go through and like search and replace and take out all of the things that you did in the wrong style, convert it into Markdown and uh, open a new document with that in it. And that was just a a, a script that I passed out to people uh, that they could run as the last thing they did before they put it, into the cms and that worked great so uh there's stuff like that that's great and then the other things in bb edit that i that i use a lot although not every day obviously um regular expression support so i will use grep uh to fix and clean up text a lot and that that you know you end up in a situation where you've got a big text file or something and you're like you know this looks like a job for grep and and they just come up every now and then they come up and and i would say not on a regular like uh i don't have a grep that i do every week it's more like a a situation will arise where you get some text and it's messy and you need to clean it up and grep's there for you um and i also use um they have a uh, uh another feature that i use is a process lines containing which is basically um or process duplicate lines which is a version of it and that's how if you get a big list of something like i was doing a uh, an address list and i had dupes um but the dupes were in different places like depending of the line the the lines weren't exactly identical but i could i could write a pattern using grep that said look for this and if it's if it if this is in any place in this line then you know basically dedupe the lines and i i do that you know a handful of times a year, but I do it and I can do it in minutes with Edit. So those are the things that keep me in Edit. I could probably use something like ByWord for my regular day by day writing stuff. But since I'm using, I'm always carting out Edit for some other, you know, geeky text filtering reason or other that I just stay in it.
0: So like, for example, when you write an article for Six Colors, um, yeah. do you have any standard scripts you run against it or?
2: Yeah so I have uh for six colors I'm not using scripts right now I have clippings so I have clippings sort of standard set of markdown clippings to do if if I uh want to do a keyboard shortcut to do bold or italics or a hyperlink I've got a, a clipping that takes the uh a URL that's on the clipboard and wraps it around the selected text in in uh in BBEdit to make a hyperlink. Yeah. I have a clipping that takes the URL of the frontmost window in Safari and wraps the selected text in a hyperlink in markdown. So I've got some of those. I've got um my footnote format that I'm using on the site, um which is exciting because I didn't have footnotes on Macworld. I've got those as clippings, so the individual cuz it's very specific HTML and markdown does not official uh John Gruber core markdown whatever you want to call it uh markdown doesn't support footnotes which it should and that's another one of those things that i had a conversation with john about because you know he's still doing his footnotes by hand and that's dumb because he's the markdown guy and he actually likes the markdown that's in php markdown extra that does footnotes so he should probably just support it but uh in in, uh, lieu of that um, I could I could update things on my Mac to do it, but then I'm pasting into movable type and it's using that Markdown plugin. So if it's not in there, it's not going to work. So instead I have the footnote HTML as clippings in BBEdit. So, yeah. you know, if I make a footnote, that's what I do is I I, you know, I can hit a key or choose a menu command and it'll pop in the, the, the footnote text uh, around the number of the footnote, which I've selected. So it'll say, oh, this is footnote one and then it'll put the one in all the places it needs to put it. And then likewise, the footnote uh, div that goes at the bottom is in a clipping file that uh, when i when I run that command it it actually automatically puts it at the bottom of the file because it does a little apple script that 's embedded in the clipping so i use I use those. Um, those are the big automation things that are inside BB edit. I have some different automation for the image uploads, but that's, those are, th- those are the ones that I use day by day when I'm writing stories for six colors.
0: Now, like you, i like to get a change of scenery. And for me, the device I usually use for that is I have an iPad air. Mm-hmm. So you take that and a keyboard and I'll go somewhere. And I, I really like, cause it's connected to the internet and it's just, it's just a great way to work. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Byword is because it's just so brain dead, simple. Because you're using the same app and everything yeah, yeah. works. That's that's huge. But I'm and, using
2: editorial, I think, when I exa- write
0: on the yeah, And Editorial is a great app. It's got some real power behind it. So yeah. you, all you're doing is you're saving those text files to Dropbox or Transporter someplace up on the cloud. And then when you get on... I mean, do you go to your iPad to do some of this writing as well, or do you do it all oh, on your Mac?
2: It's almost entirely on on Macs. Okay. Uh, I... I, I I will occasionally do that but that that is again that's a change of scenery or I want to write something different and I wrote that piece a few years ago for Macworld about how I write differently when I'm on an iPad and uh if I want to do that I will do that but it's that's much more of a special occasion than, okay. than it is what I'm trying to during a day I'm trying to dash out 300 words on something that's a that's for me that's still a a Mac kind of thing.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Jason, one of the things I wanted to um, talk about is one of, about being independent is you do a lot of this work yourself, but you, you also still do collaborate with some folks, even though you're not in a typical office setting and you're not working with a staff. I, I know you've had Dan Morin come on and do some stuff yep. for your site, and obviously you've got the Incomparable Podcast Network where you have a – you've got a pretty steady you know set stream of hosts, but they tend to rotate around, and the guys over at Relay FM, you, you've got a couple of shows over there. Yep. How how do you stay in touch with all these people and and juggle all of this and figure out who's who's doing what and um, I, I'm sure you collaborate on some other writing projects as well. So you know, being independent now and not in an office environment and able to just walk over and talk to these folks, um, how is that working out for you?
2: It's uh, well, so the staff I built at MacWorld was um, mostly out of the office. So a lot of these muscles are muscles that I already had, you know toned up because you know Dan Morin, Serenity Caldwell, Chris Breen, Dan frakes uh Shelley McFarland, back you know back in the day Rob Griffiths, these were all out of office people. These are people who d- were not in the office. And at the end there, you know Roman Loyola and Jim Galbraith and Dan Miller were in the office for Macworld, but everybody else was out. And so, you know, uh these days it's it's a little different, but it's not that different. Um the incomparable and relay both have Slack uh, channels and, um, incomparable doesn't get used that much, but the relay one is that that's essentially replaced my, my MacWorld uh, IDG, uh, hip chat, uh, rooms that we, that we had there in, in that I've got someplace that I can go where there are people kind of around and they are talking about what's going on with, you know, news and, you know, tech news and Apple news and stuff like that. And that's been great. Um, Lots of Google Docs for collaboration, just, you know, so many Google Docs and spreadsheets that, uh, you know, I, I, I use on my own and also in collaboration with other people. And then I am a little bit, you know, like with Dan Morin, we are checking in a couple of, you know, a couple of times, maybe every day of like, hey, did you see this? What's going on? Because he's writing some stuff for Six Colors now. Um And uh, that's about it. But I'd say Slack is Slack is the latest in a line that previously I used HipChat and Campfire that gives you that, um, it gives you that stream of consciousness, water cooler kind of thing in a small group in private uh, that of people that you're working with. And even though I'm not like on all the relay shows, I'm only on two. That is a little uh, community that that is it's nice to have something like that for uh, a bunch of us who are writing and podcasting about this stuff professionally. And, you know, it's just it's it, it, it decreases the isolation a little bit. That plus Twitter um, really helps keep sort of like. I'm, I'm alone in my garage on one level, but on another level, I'm not. My mind is like out in the world with all these really interesting people all over the world. And so you could argue that when I go walk to school in the afternoon to pick up my son, that's my moment out among people. And yet I find it actually kind of isolating or, or at least different where suddenly I'm alone. Uh, I'm alone with my thoughts on the way to the uh, school and on the way back. And when I'm there, I'm I'm chatting with a few parents briefly. And then on the way back, I'm talking with my son. Um, That's a very different experience than the kind of mind in the in the cloud with all these other uh, amazing people talking about what's going on today with Apple or with Amazon or whatever. So, um, you know, I don't feel too isolated, but I would feel more so if it weren't for uh, Twitter and something like Slack.
0: It's still, you know, just the idea that now you can walk your son to school. I don't know as a father that. Oh yeah, it's that great. Sounds Pretty special.
2: It, it it is great, and and he's in fifth grade. He's going to go to the middle school, so um, next year I won't be able to walk him uh, because the the kids just walk to the middle school themselves. Yeah. But uh, this year, and the school's in my neighborhood, it's like a 10 minute walk and uh, it's great. I, I, I love doing that. And, and mornings too, my wife and I will usually walk him to school and then take a walk for about 45 minutes. And again, that's also me getting out of the house and having some activity because I used to walk to the bus stop and from the bus stop, I don't do that anymore. So you got to substitute it.
0: Does that screw up your ability to listen to podcasts now that you don't oh, have any community? totally.
2: Oh, uh, totally. My podcast uh, consumption is way down. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the dishes a lot more where it's like, no, no, I'll do the dishes. I have podcasts, right? No, I'll do the dishes. <laughs> I have podcasts. But uh, yeah, it is. Um, it it, it has not put a major dent into that because I did a lot of podcast
0: listening. As long as you community. just get, you know, Mac Power users every Monday morning. That's all that matters.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. You're on the list with about ninety other podcasts. I do a lot of I I I, I am no longer a a faithful every episode listener to a lot of podcasts. That's basically been the next result. I have gotten into triage mode where I'm like, yeah. oh, that's an interesting topic. I'll listen to that one for you know, most podcasts now because I just don't have the time. Um, and that's, that, it, it, the good thing about it is it's, a, it's also a thing to get me out of the house because I will now, if, I, if I'm not taking a walk to get my son or whatever like that, I'll just take a walk. Um, I need to do this more, but it's been a motivator for me to get out in, and exercise is. Uh, I can listen to podcasts if I go out and exercise. So that that's uh, been a change.
0: Yeah, it's nice though. It, it, it just taking your son. Uh, my my oldest is now in college, and I'm thinking, man, those years went fast. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. The the um you know, media consumption in general is something that uh, I have some admiration for you because I listen to the incomparable i'm i'm one of the incomparable you know super fans i listen to as many of those as i can i love what you guys do thank you um and the um and it's like my source for things to watch things to read you've really become my kind of go-to person for so many things and because i i really share a lot of your tastes um so in fact the christmas special for mac power users for the uh, gift episode i i picked um what was it um now i forgot the name of the book the um the one I don't want to give it away. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll look it up. Uh, but anyway, in in fact, it, you
1: want to take a quick break, and I'll look it up while you talk about our next sponsor.
0: Okay, Katie Floyd, you are. I know. So I got. I got to. I got uh, to keep, keep us.
1: I got to keep us on track here.
0: Okay. Well. Uh, okay. I will. Uh, so our our sponsor this week is also the Omni Group, and in particular, I wanted to talk about Omni Focus. Um, it's just such an amazing application. We've talked about it in the past on the show. Uh, Recently, I just did a big screencast on OmniFocus and I've been getting all these emails from people all over the world. And one of the things I didn't realize is Now you think about OmniFocus, you know, I'm a lawyer and of course I need to have to balance all these things, but I'm getting emails from people from like every walk of life that are using OmniFocus to get their work done. I heard from an eighth grader. I've heard from a very high physician at a very well-known university. I've heard from everybody in between. I heard from someone in Africa I heard from some, you know, you know, advertising, um, just any kind of industry you can think of. People are using this application to to get it together and, and get their life balanced and deal with their tasks. So, I want you to to take a look at OmniFocus if you haven't yet. It's just the most powerful. Um, task manager that is available, in my opinion. And they've got a free demo so you can download it. I think one of the digs against OmniFocus that you sometimes hear is people say, well, it's just too complicated. And I'm going to tell you that it's not. It can be as complicated as you need it to be, but it can also be as simple as you need it to be because they've got this ingenious system of perspectives where you can build your own custom perspectives. And if you listen to the show, you are completely able to do this. It's not that hard. And it's so great because the Omni Group has been working on this application for years. It's got this, this seamless synchronization system where it automatically syncs between your iPhone, your iPad and your Mac. And for me, I'm going around all day. Like I was saying earlier, I'm constantly using my iPad to write or get out of the office. I've I've constantly got my iPhone in my pocket and I've, I'm sitting at my Mac. Well, as the day goes by, I'm people are throwing things at me all the time. And I need to be able to balance it and figure out what I can get done and what I can't get done. Well, OmniFocus takes care of all that for me. Uh, and they go beyond the standard task manager because they incorporate a lot of the GTD methodologies, which you may or may not know what GTD is, but all you have to do is use the application and learn it. I was talking to a friend of the show, Rob Cordery, who said he found GTD by using OmniFocus. And And it's really a a soft on-ramp to get there. For instance, one of the features they have in is what they call the review. And I think this is a great feature. If you've got OmniFocus, you should be using it right now. And you can set a task for review at any interval that you need. In fact, we had David Allen on the show recently and we talked about this and as an example, I've got some things in my day job that don't need a lot of focus, but I have a three month review on them. And when that pops up, I can take a look at it and see if there's anything new I need to handle on that project or somebody I need to call. It's very simple, it just does it for you. It's a seamless synchronization through multiple platforms. Very powerful task management, and really it makes your life simpler. And like I said, learning about OmniFocus and hearing from all these people using OmniFocus just reinforces for me how useful this application is. Now they have version two out on all platforms, so you can get it on the Mac, iPad, and iPhone. Um, the Pro version on the Mac has got uh, custom perspectives and AppleScript support. Uh, go check it out at omnigroup.com. Let them know you heard about it from us. And like I said, they have they have a demonstration. You can download a fr- you know a trial period on your Mac. Give it a shot uh, and. OmniFocus is something that everybody should at least take a look at. So uh, thanks OmniGroup for all the support over the years. And thank you OmniFocus for making it possible for me to get my work done.
1: And I guess we should mention that you've got a fancy new field guide out for people who are trying to get started with OmniFocus or maybe just need a little help.
0: Yeah. If you go to maxbarkey.com, you can check it out. It's two and a half hours all um bookmarked so yeah. and i've got it like a 15 minute sample so you can check that out too but but regardless of whether you do that uh, i do think that this application has made such a huge difference in my life i sound like a zealot every time i talk about <laughs> yeah. it i know but it, it just it's the reason why i can have the day job and the night job i absolutely believe
1: that well the the books that you were talking about uh ancillary justice and ancillary sword. Yes. oh, How did oh I you know?
0: yeah yeah it's yeah. so good i just finished and ancillary I, sword and lucky yeah yeah that's so good anyway, yeah. but uh so you the thing that impresses me is you're my filter, so the stuff that Jason says this is the really good stuff is the stuff I read or the shows I watch. And I have oh, a hard dear. time keeping up with that. And uh, and you're but you're the filter. <laughs> so you're doing all this you're you're weeding out all the stuff that uh, I that I don't see. And I'm thinking, how does this guy do all uh, this stuff?
2: Uh, well, but I, I am I'm at the top of a filter web that includes many other people. See, I, I'm fortunate to be on a podcast with people who read a lot, like Scott McNulty, um who reads voraciously.
0: And yeah, I, I want to meet him someday because every episode he's on, he has read every oh, book he's, he's read. About.
2: He's read everything. Lisa Schmeiser reads a lot of stuff, too. And so I, I know all these people who read a lot of stuff and they recommend stuff. And I um I'm fortunate to have that as a feeder. So I, I'm reading stuff that I am interested in, too. But I'm also picking stuff up because uh, I know that if Lisa and Scott like it, that uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. And they're right. And so like last year, Scott said, ancillary justice is the best book I read this year. And I, I I was like, okay, let's do that. And then we did an episode about it. Um, because it was great. He was not wrong. <laughs> and uh, generally, he has not steered me wrong with his choices for the best books that he's read. Uh, his be- the best book of this year for him is a book called Station Eleven, which is on a lot of the top 10 lists, actually, for one of the best books of the year. I haven't read it yet, but uh, we're going to do a book club on it. I, I already bought it. Uh, so I'm fortunate that I've got, a- I've got a network of people who also feed me things that they think that I should, uh, I should check out. And that- that's one of the nice things about the way The Incomparable works, where although I'm the host, I'm not driving every topic I've got you know this great group of people and they've all got things they're enthusiastic about and we have a little mailing list um, that uh, that is and that's why the Slack channel I think isn't very active is because we just got this mailing list and it works where we will have these you know no messages will get sent for like a, a week or two and then there'll be a thread that will go and generate 40 messages in the course of a couple of days and lots of interesting conversations happen that way in terms of you should read this or I just check this out or, or maybe we should do an episode about this and so, so so I benefit from that, too. Um, and it is true that um, that I also prioritize a lot in terms of um, what's going to be on the show. And that can be good uh, because it gives me something, to, a reason to do it and say, well, I got to watch this because we're doing an episode about it. It is also ma- ma- it makes it a little uh, bit work like and it also um I told the same story about like when we were doing those Mac Mania cruises for Macworld and I kept uh, after a while people are like oh wow you get to go on those cruises and it's like yeah they're great but at the same time if my summer vacation every year or my big vacation every year is dictated by the guy who plans the cruise schedule then I don't get to do anything I want to do and sometimes I have that same feeling where it's like you know I really want to watch this TV show but I can't because we're talking about this movie tomorrow and we have to watch it tonight and I've had that this Week where um, you know we watched. uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. We watched a couple Marx Brothers movies. Then we watched something that was actually really terrible that we're going to do an episode about. And uh, you know, so I had three nights this week that were basically doing incomparable homework, and it's it's not a bad thing, but it definitely um, that's one of the ways that I make it work is by sometimes I'm only watching the things that um, that we're we're covering or reading the things that we're covering. also um i mean it's just this is this is a it's an ongoing challenge uh, about this is is how you manage that time every now and then somebody will uh send a tweet to the incomparable saying you should cover this tv show and it's a show i haven't seen and i generally write them back and say it's not likely that we'll cover it because to really cover it would take you know 150 hours of investment (laughs) And that's you know basically if we're going to cover a TV show it's going to have to be a show we've already seen or are all watching because that's too for for one hour of a podcast we can't put in a hundred hours of work the, the the podcast would be five times a year if we did that.
0: All right, I want to talk about the geek part of this a little bit. Um, so, do you use a, what do you use to watch TV? You use an Apple TV or what's your what's your tech
2: i got it i got it all apple tv <laughs> uh i got a mac attached to the tv i got an amazon fire stick I, you know I, apple tv is usually where it goes it's off of the off of the mac mini that's attached to the drobo that's got all the storage so yeah
0: hey i, I know that um or the apple- tivo we also have a
2: tivo that's full up full of stuff and does uh netflix and amazon streaming so t- a lot of stuff through the tivo
0: and Katie could talk about this because she's got some of the competing devices, and mm-hmm. I know the Apple TV really needs an update. But to tell you the truth, because we're so tied into iTunes, I I just don't haven't felt the need to buy anything else. We use the Apple TV a lot.
1: Now, are yeah. you a, a cord cutter, Jason, or are you, are you getting no. all of your media? No, you still
0: no. I'm a sports person, and that's
1: right. Being that's a sports
2: right. person, you cannot. You know, you can't cut the cord and without foregoing live sports, essentially, which I'm not I'm not willing to do. So uh, and I I watch things that are on TV. I I just I watch things that are on TV. I'm not willing to be a cord cutter. So that's never really worked for me. Maybe someday. But I'm I'm, um, the things that I I devour um, basically require that there be cords. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my my only thing I recently picked up the uh, Fire Stick mainly because I wanted Amazon Instant Access on a yes. TV that wasn't a smart TV. Eh, smart TV now, because uh, AirPlay is fine and it's you know nice to have it in a pinch, but it's not the same experience as using a native app. So it's it's, it's a nice little stick, especially for Amazon's little twenty dollar promo that they had for. I- Prime that's why
2: i bought mine yeah. it's like for twenty dollars for forty dollars maybe not for twenty i'll buy it and sure. it comes with a remote which i like which is the thing i don't like about the the chromecast concept that you know you just use your phone it's like no i you know i don't want to use my phone as a remote i don't i i really don't except under very specific circumstances so yeah, yeah it's cool yeah. it's a, it's a neat little product and it's usb powered and many current uh hd have a usb port on them so like on my tv i, I the tv i put that on it's powered by the by the USB port on the TV. So it's perfect.
1: Well, here's my pro tip for you for that. Um, Okay. If you've, you can power it off the TV, but at least with my TV, when you power down the TV, it loses power and then it has to reboot the stick. And that may or may not be a big deal. Uh, If you happen to have a TiVo connected to that TV, your TiVo also has a, has a USB outlet on it. This is true. Um, Power it from the TiVo and the TiVo never powers off. Hmm. So. Good tip. If that works for
0: you. Did you guys know that with an Apple TV you can use your universal remote with it that you know your your, your cable oh, yeah. or tv remote uh-huh. a lot of people don't know that but you can go in and train it so i've yep. done that with our um apple tv at our house and yeah i've got, got a harmony
2: remote in the living room that's what i use to control oh the really? apple TV. oh so yeah.
0: wait a second you you got the super remote then yeah how do you like that
2: oh i love it i love the harmony remote I, and this is this goes back to me saying that i don't like um I don't like to using my smartphone or my tablet as a remote. It's like buttons. Buttons are good because you know why? You don't have to look at buttons. You know where the buttons are. Yeah. I, so I like it. I, we have it. so we have this TiVo, we have the TiVo Romeo and it's great. And uh, for when I'm just, you know, using the TiVo, I use the TiVo remote because the TiVo remote is really comfortable. You know, it's a good it's a really good remote. I actually have the one where you can slide it open and type. So if I'm searching for a YouTube video or a Netflix series, I can actually just it's like those old slider uh, telephones. You can just flip it open and type on the keyboard instead of uh using the ouija board on the screen and uh yeah so i use that for watching tv but if i'm using it for the dvd player or uh the apple tv or to switch it to you know xbox or whatever that's all on the harmony remote which is uh yeah it's the software that uh you use to set it up is terrible but uh once it's up and running it's great
0: I had, uh, years ago when that was a new thing, I bought one and I gave up on it after like three hours and returned it because it just wasn't working, but that was a long time ago.
2: Well, the way, the way my, my TV is set up, I mean, we've got a, uh, we've got a, a receiver that does HDMI switching that does 5.1 sound because we've got surround sound and at that point, you gotta have a universal remote because you've gotta you've gotta be able to say I want to watch TV and have it know okay I need to turn this device on and this device on and switch that device to this input and then switch the TV to this input and then it will work right. I mean it, it's a it's a complicated enough set of steps that um, if I didn't have the Harmony remote, nobody but me would be able to use the TV in my house, <laughs> and that's not acceptable. <laughs> so now we've got a program where like if the kids want to use the Wii U. They use the play Wii action and it turns on and flips everything. If they want to do Xbox, they do that. If they want to do the DVD player, they do that one. And it all just as long as they keep it pointed at the at the TV for 20 seconds, it will do everything it needs to do.
0: It's funny because my my experience with my teenagers is they actually don't watch much TV, but they spend a ton of time in Netflix and YouTube. So the Apple TV becomes really the primary box for us that more than the cable box
2: yeah yeah it, it's my daughter well my daughter watches some things on TiVo but she does a lot of Netflix and YouTube and uh and but that that you know it's the same thing it's it's different inputs in different places and and uh, it's that's why I like the universal remote but if I'm just using the TiVo um which gives us Everything that's live, everything that we've recorded, everything on YouTube, everything on Amazon Instant, and everything on, on Netflix. So that's kind of a lot right there. You can just stick with the TiVo remote.
0: The, um, and then also, so the guy who makes six colors in addition to watching TV also reads a lot, yeah. makes a website called Six Colors, but he yeah. reads on the Kindle.
2: Yes. I don't, totally i'm also colorblind way. the guy with six colors i'm also colorblind i can't can't differentiate oh, between those really? different shades of
0: green all the green is
2: just sort of green to me and all the reds are just sort of red to me yeah, i'm better I with didn't red. Know that. I'm, I'm weak at green i'm okay. green is not my strong point
1: you could never um, be a fighter pilot then
2: uh yes presumably presumably i'm disqualified from lots of things uh mm-hmm. for for having mild red green color blindness but um yet the site is called six colors Those are the colors I can see. Those six. Maybe none of the others, but I can see those six. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I use a Kindle. Kindle Voyage. Kindle Voyage. That's the Uh, new one, and you guys did
0: a whole show on that, so we're going to point everyone at that. Right. There's an upgrade
2: episode. I think maybe episode eight with Scott McNulty as the guest because he's bought every Kindle. Um, The short version of it is: it's great to read outside. Um, It's it's uh, it has no glare, which the iPad has glare. It's light. Um, it's a dedicated reading device so i'm never tempted to flip over to twitter or to email to see what's going on when i'm reading a book i'm just reading a book it's uh i i'm not afraid to leave it by the pool at a you know on a vacation or something like that because it's not my ipad and yeah it costs a hundred or two hundred dollars but i don't know there's something about it it feels like I, I, there's so many things I like about it as a dedicated device, including the fact that it's the only way to read outside because the the glare on the iPad, even on the new iPad Air 2, is just not. Uh, it's too it's too much. It's too much. The it needs a backlight, and then it's got glare issues. Whereas the the although the Kindles now have a a backlight or a side light, um, it's not required for viewing. In fact, in bright light, you don't need a light at all. It just looks like you know ink on paper. Um, And reading it at night with the uh, brightness down all the way, you can go way uh, lower brightness than you can on uh, even on the lowest setting on an iPad. So uh, there are lots of reasons I love it for reading text. Again, you know, for reading a web page with lots of pretty pictures on it and stuff like that, I wouldn't choose to do that on the Kindle. But uh, for reading a newspaper or novels or even some articles that I save to Instapaper,
0: it's great. You know, one question I had for you when I was listening to that show was um, how how much of this reading is fiction versus nonfiction?
2: It's almost entirely fiction yeah. other than the newspaper. I do. I get the uh, San and Francisco most of Chronicle fiction
1: as well, I would imagine. No. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, it's a different kind. I did have an idea once for a magazine that was a glossy um, magazine or or a website or a web magazine or something that was in the style of a high class reported magazine. But every article in it was fake, like not like onion fake, but like storytelling, like f- lies as storytelling. I, I It would probably get me in an- a. A lot of trouble, but I think it would be really funny Uh, anyway, but mostly mostly not nonfiction. I'm not I'm not a big nonfiction reader. I will read some nonfiction um, on my uh, vacation that my wife and I took for our anniversary um, to Mexico. We, I read uh, 1776 by David McCulloch, which was uh, which was great fun actually. And I, I've read, I, I probably read a, a handful of nonfiction books a year, but it's mostly it's mostly fiction. The Kindle's actually gotten way better with nonfiction now because they have popovers for footnotes, which they didn't used to. It used to, you'd tap on a footnote, it would take you to the end of the book, then you'd have to hit the back button to go back. And then for a while, there, the Kindle would be like. I see that you've reached the end of the book. Would you like me to take you to the end of the book? Because it was measuring your progress based on your uh, the highest page number you had yeah, reached.
0: Yeah, then you just totally screwed at And the at footnotes that point. are at yeah. the end, so yeah. it thinks that
2: you were at the end. And now that's not there anymore. Now, if you tap on a footnote, it puts up a little floater with the footnote in it. Uh, nice idea, Kindle. It only totally took you five years to figure that out. But, um yeah. So but I don't read that many. Uh, it's it's mostly, you know, if I'm being honest, it's mostly sci-fi novels because that's what I, I read a whole lot of.
0: And that's kind of what I took away from that episode. I thought, you know, if you read a lot of fiction, it's like a disposable device in a, in a certain extent. You know, oh,
2: sure, where- especially the seventy dollar version or the fifty dollar version. I mean, I, I got the fancy one because I really like it. But there are, you know, the Paperwhite is a great deal, and it's like a hundred bucks. And and uh, yes, it, it's for it's for ink on paper. Essentially, it's text, text, text reader dedicated. I think it's a good.
0: That's what it's great at. My, my fiction workflow is entirely a result of the incomparable <laughs> podcast. start with the
2: incomparable podcast. yeah.
0: and then, yeah, I pick the one that you really like and and I have a monthly subscription to Audible, and I just listen to it. Oh, I, that's nice. I, I haven't read a fiction book like See, as I, as words in years,
2: and I can't do that. i'm I'm already maxed out on podcasts. i I can't yeah. do. I like audiobooks. Uh, just fine. my wife uh, does a lot of audiobooks. but um, but I don't because I just I don't have. I don't have listening time and I can't, I can't, um, and this is probably true for you too. I, I was talking to, uh, somebody who's a visual effects artist who said that they, that they listen to podcasts and audiobooks and stuff while they work. And it's like, wow, what must it be like to be able to listen to spoken audio while you're working, yeah, but I can't. I can't. You know, I can't, I can't do that because I'm writing labor. my own things. I would end up competing with the. It, it just it you it locks me up entirely. I cannot have um spoke. I can listen to music with lyrics if I know them by heart, but I cannot listen to spoken word, and that dramatically listen l- lessens what I can do. So I end up reading. Also I, read. I'm a fast reader, so yeah.
0: I think I'm the world's worst multitasker, and <laughs> and pretty much everybody that has witnessed me try it. Tells me that I am. Yeah, I'm with you, Kitty. I think last time we checked in with you on this, you said you're you're just reading the books. You're just buying the books.
1: Physical books still the
0: case? No, no,
1: I. buy Kindles. Um, But I was going to ask Jason this. I I use the Kindle app on the iPad mainly. And I tend to go into spurts. I, you know, like when I got the flu last year, I read four books because I just, I didn't really feel like doing anything else. So I just kind of laid in bed and and read and I went through an entire series. Are you buying a lot of these books? Because one of the things that I discovered is our libraries now have really great selections of digital content that are available. Yeah. Mainly on the Kindle platform.
2: So one of my workflows for book reading is to check my local library, which is also my wife's employer, and see what they have on their digital collection. And also, depending on my um, on my willpower or my motivation, uh, if it's available in the library system, even in paper, although paper paper, although less convenient, is a little more convenient for me now because, you know, I could only I only I don't take paper books out of the house. If I'm traveling, I will do eBooks. Uh but uh, paper book reading in the house. I could do that. So I, I do I do both. But we do have our local library is has, uh, you know, a digital uh ebook library thingy and uh i will check there sometimes their selection is not very good but i have i read uh the last policeman which we actually is this well uh a recent when is this episode posting is this this week's episode of uh, of, Power week users? of christmas
1: week of christmas
2: oh christmas week okay well then let me say a week or two ago the incomparable posted an episode about the last <laughs> policeman which is an excellent uh novel and actually series of novels and i read uh the first one of those was a was a library checkout and that's you know a book i, I find a lot of books on there that are liked and came out a few years ago um, or really old classics but mostly it's sort of like books from you know two to five years ago and uh, yeah, if they're available, then that's great. The checkout, I think, is usually like two weeks or three weeks. It's plenty of time to read it. You just, it, with any library thing, uh, it's you got to read it now uh, because it, then you have to give it back. And uh, I often will buy books on Kindle because they're seven or eight bucks. And I can just leave them on the Kindle until I'm ready to read them. Um, because I, I do a lot of that where I do book stacking. I've got eight books Uh, sitting there and then I decide I finish one and I think okay what do I want to read next and with a library book you can't do that you got to read it right now (laughs) it's like now now read it now
0: yeah the pressure's on
2: (laughs) well and sometimes I don't have a lot of reading time and it ends up being one of those things where I'm like oh man I'm going to run out of time and I just I don't have enough time to finish this
1: book yeah Well, I do need to take uh, one more quick break uh, here and talk about our last sponsor. And that's the folks over at AgileBits and their great product, One Password. And, you know, this is the time of year where a lot of us are going to be visiting our family members and seeing folks that maybe we haven't seen for a while. And what better time to spread the love about In, you know, importance of good, strong passwords than, you know, when you're sitting around the the holiday dinner table to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, brother, hey, sister, uh, have you upgraded your password security recently? Are you still using your dog or cat's name or your birthday or any of those other crazy things that you really shouldn't be using for the same sites over and over again? Uh, because there's really the single best thing that you can do to enhance your security on the web and, and really everywhere is to create strong, unique passwords and to not use that same password over and over again on multiple sites, because one site gets compromised, and they will. Uh, You have just now exposed all of your data across all of your other various sites where you've used that same password. And you know what? Thankfully, there's an app for that. Uh, One password will take care of that for you. It will create those strong, unique passwords. It will automatically generate them, and it will store them for you. And then it will automatically fill them for you, either on the Mac, on the PC, on the iPhone, on the iPad, even on Android devices now. And through the magic of Dropbox or iCloud, it will automatically sync all of that information everywhere you need it. Uh, And their new iOS update is just absolutely stellar. They've got integration with iOS 8 And if you've got one of these fancy new iPhones that has Touch ID support, you can even autofill your passwords and get access to everything just by using your thumbprint. So it's pretty magical. So why don't you take some time this holiday season and educate all of the people in your life about 1Password. And best of all, they've gone freemium for the iOS version, which means you can get started with the iOS version of 1Password for free and then upgrade from there. Uh, you can find the Mac version of 1Password in the Mac App Store, or if you go to their website over at onepassword.com. They've got a Windows version or a Mac and Windows bundle, maybe if you know someone who's got a Mac at home or a PC at work and needs to do everything. And then once you get all your passwords in 1Password, they've got a great feature called Watchtower that will take a look at all those passwords and say, hey, you know, these are all the sites where you've used the same password, or these are all the sites where you haven't changed your password in a while, or, you know, this site has been compromised since the last time you changed your password. Maybe you want to go take a look at that. Uh, it's just getting better and better, uh, and it's, it's one of the absolute must-haves now. Uh, to better manage your passwords and to stay safe online. So tell your friends, tell your family, they've got to get on top of this for the new year. So thanks to the folks at 1Password for their support of the show.
0: Jason, um, you have done this great series over at Six Colors that I wanted to talk about called my favorite things
2: yes it's my answer to the uh i I had the moment where the verge posted their holiday gift guide and i had a moment of a flashback because we always had our salespeople saying like oh we need you need to write like 80 articles about holiday gift guide and we're like we don't even what how (laughs) and and i had that moment and then i thought oh i should do a holiday gift guide which is why would why did i do that but i thought well it's a good thing nothing is happening this time
0: of year write about things that you like so that's what i did well and also you know people are getting a lot of new devices or yeah. looking for gifts. In fact, one of the things you recommend just like the light bulbs went off in my head because there's a, a family member of mine loves comics and you had talked about uh, the Marvel Unlimited subscription. So I'm right. I'm I'm gifting him a yeah, Marvel excellent. Unlimited subscription for Christmas. And I got to say I am the most excited about giving this gift because I think he is going <laughs> to just love it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you're, you're gonna you are going to be it?
1: like on Christmas morning, <gasps> Open mine, open mine first, open mine first. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, you know, you know, when you know you get someone the perfect gift and you just know that they're going to really enjoy it for the next year. It, and this one person is hard to buy for. And mm. when Jason wrote that, I'm like, ah, oh, that's it. And uh, I'm actually quite excited. So I want to thank you for recommending that. But I'm um, glad. what are some of the and uh, we're going to put links in. So everybody go check it out and um and buy them from Jason's links, by all means, please. But uh, what are some of the things on the list that you think are are good this year?
2: oh man that is such an open-ended question all right
0: well pick a couple of your favorites
2: um i'm trying to remember well i'm glad you mentioned marvel unlimited which if you're somebody who likes marvel comics the comics are so expensive that if you you know 70 dollars for a year of unlimited access to um i forget what they're what they're quoting as a number now tens of thousands hundred thousand more than fifteen thousand comics uh, and once you are a member for $70 for the year, you can read as many as you like. And believe me, one weekend you can spend $70 equivalent of comic book reading time. So it's a great deal. I, uh,
0: you know so, another, another one on your list that I had never heard about before was Nuzzle.
2: Oh yeah, Nuzzle's great. It's um I've written about it at Six Colors. I was in my quest to try and find uh ways of digging up interesting news stories to link to. One of the, the apps that I found is Nuzzle and U Z Z E L and its uh, icon is this cute little hedgehog, blue hedgehog. And um it's uh it uses your social media streams, your Twitter and, and Facebook if you wire it up uh lists. Uh, or, or your followers or pe- what let me rephrase that people you follow, and it looks at their links and then it tells tells you as like a news app, but it 's using their links to power itself and the more people on your in your uh, stream who link to that article or retweeted links to that article, the higher it floats up to the top and so if you follow a bunch of people. And they post links. The interesting links will float to the top, but they do it in, you know, you can lose those on Twitter when you're scanning through Twitter. Nuzzle just is not worried about what people are saying on Twitter. It's just worried about the links. And, And then it floats the links up. And then it has a friends of friends feature where it's linking. It's showing you the links that people you follow, people who they follow. Are linking to, which is a nice way to find sort of things that are outside of your sphere but are still interesting, and it's a great idea. I like it a lot. I read an article this week that said I don't know why Twitter hasn't bought nuzzle, and I think that's a good question because maybe because Twitter fig- figures they'll do this themselves, but it's a really smart idea of using the data that happens that's generated by Twitter. I mean, I, I've always used Twitter as a kind of replacement for RSS feeds because the people in my Twitter feed it's a little like the books using the incomparable panel to find good books. The people. In my twitter feed are great and they have interesting links that they're essentially curating by saying check this link out and then nuzzle just kind of puts them all together in a really simple uh nice app interface there's also a web version but i I really like i really like nuzzle it's smart
0: yeah and um i had never heard of it it's free you know so go go check that one out. i
2: I really do recommend it it's it's a lot of fun there are things i wish did i like i wish i could point it at one of my twitter lists because i've curated some twitter lists of like a sports list so i don't want all the sports journalists in my main feed but i do read the sports list and i would love to have that as a view and nuzzle to just like boil that down to the links that the sports journalists are talking about or the science writers or the you know the tech people and uh maybe they'll get there
0: um, I, I, One question. Though. Yeah. Now, did you read the article that Nuzzle should be bought out on Nuzzle?
2: I can't remember. It's possible.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of awesome it's if you did. It's possible
2: that it, came, that it <laughs> came from Nuzzle. It was on the side. It was an article about Twitter and Twitter's Twitter's business. Maybe it was a Ben Thompson email. I don't know. But it's it It's a really clever little app. I like it a lot.
0: Uh, another, um, another app yeah. you had referred to that I thought was good, and this is on the Mac, is Breaktime. And I'd never heard of that one either.
2: Yeah, I, I have friends um, uh, and former coworkers of MacWorld actually who have pretty serious uh, like RSI issues, and one of the things that you're told to do, and that I, I've had some back pain, and I, you know, I was told. You need to get up and move around. You're sitting at your desk. Now you're sitting at your desk in in your home office where you could literally just not get up for hours and hours because people aren't going to even come into the, you know, to the doorway and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute uh, to break your concentration? And so break time just sits in your menu bar and you can tell it how long between breaks. And then when when it's break time, uh, it sort of puts a it darkens your whole screen and puts up a little dialogue box that basically says go take a break and you can say in a minute there are keyboard shortcuts you can say in a minute in five minutes you can set the slider you can delay it pretty easily but it's just enough to break your concentration to make you realize oh a half an hour has just gone by while i've sat here and in my case the idea there is after 20 minutes or 30 minutes i should get up i should stand up move around a little bit even even and you can actually say how long the break should be. So you can even have it say, you know, two-minute break. And it's got sounds if you want sounds, or you can turn the sounds off if you don't want to hear them. Um, so you can actually hear it sort of like ticking away until your break's over and then mm-hmm. announce that your break is over. Or you can do what I do, which is I turned all those off, and I just, you know, I'll wander around for a couple of minutes, uh, go get a cup of tea or get a drink of water or whatever, and then I'll come back. And it's smart enough to know that the moment I'm back using the keyboard and mouse, that's when the timer starts again for the next break.
0: Yeah, you can uh, it's You could also use this as like a Pomodoro timer if you wanted to like say, I'm going to work on this one project for the next 30 minutes and not look at email or anything else. It seems like it would it would work fine for that as well. Absolutely. And, you and give it, yourself it, a break. To, and
2: it's not locking you out. You know, you, you can tell it to go away at any time or turn it off from the menu bar. If you're like, like when I do a podcast, I just turn it off because I'm not taking a break during the podcast. I, um, I've,
0: did, I've never yeah. understood these apps. And I, I know they're out there and I'm sure some of our listeners love them, but I, I cannot get behind an app that like turns off functionality of your computer <laughs> to try and give you discipline. I just don't understand, you know, like the, I know there's some apps that will like turn off the internet and it's yep. like, it makes it really difficult to make the internet work for like 3 hours and if you know just... if if you
2: if that is what gives you if you can have the uh self control to run that app but not to refrain from checking Twitter for me all i need to do is quit twitter yeah if i quit twitter that's enough of a barrier yeah i've experimented with those apps and they're clever i i mean y- where you have to it sh- shuts down all your internet until you reboot and a reboot is just painful enough that you won't do it to check. in order to check your Twitter is the idea there. And hey, if it works for you, that's great. I mean, everybody's got a different style. For me, I can stop checking Twitter by quitting out of the Twitter app because then that, that's enough of a barrier for me of like, really, are you going to go launch the Twitter app that you quit so you wouldn't look at Twitter um, but you know if it works for them that's fine
0: I think in my case it's me benefiting from my complete inability to multitask is I yes. I am one of those people that can look at one thing and just forget about everything else
2: yeah. Yeah, I know. I I find myself getting in a loop where I'm checking email and looking at Twitter and not writing a story. And that's fine because sometimes procrastination is part of the part of the creative process. You have to like your, your brain is still kind of churning and you're not ready to write yet. But um, when you get to the point where you, it's pulling you out of what you're working on, then um, that's a problem. But that, you know, mostly I can just solve that by. Uh, by quitting out of the apps, which, like I said, the Kindle thing isn't entirely logical. I could just read on an iPad and tell myself I'm not going to check Twitter or email, but it's so easy to check Twitter and email. Plus, like push notifications are coming in and things like that.
0: How about okay. you, Katie Floyd? You're like practicing law, going to grad school, producing a podcast, writing a blog. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's
1: it's tough. It's tough. And sometimes, you know, I think, well, I'm just going to sit down to do just this one thing. I'm just going to clear out my email inbox or uh, I'm just going to fix this one thing on the website or I'm just going to do this post. And then all of a sudden I look up and Oh, an hour has gone by and I've done four different things, but I haven't actually done the one thing that I was just sitting down to do. And I, I feel like I've been productive. I've done all these other things. It's not like I've just been, you know, doing random stuff, but that that's something I need to get better about. Maybe, maybe break time is a good solution or maybe Pomodoro. I don't know. My, yeah, too much. Uh, do we have time for a couple more random? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah why not? Um, something that I was surprised people, uh, I'm always surprised at when people say, oh, that was, I, I'd never heard of that before. Like people forgot that you could make calendars in iPhoto, but uh, we make ca- oh, a calendar and iPhoto every year and they're great. And there are a lot of different designs and iPhoto is not a great app. And, uh, when it goes away, I, there's that question of like, what will we'll replace it? And we'll, I, I'm pretty sure Apple makes enough money on, on, uh, calendars and other stuff that they'll probably still have a way and books that you'll still have a way to build them in the new photos app or whatever but we do those and they're great i i get um uh, maybe once a year i'll update these uh we have three 16 by 20 uh picture frames in our living room that are pictures of our kids um and we just shutterfly has lets you buy for 20 bucks for 18 bucks plus shipping um uh, a 16 by 20 So like poster sized uh, picture that you upload and they, and they're great. And so we just kind of rotate one in and pull one out every year or two. So they're always sort of not entirely out of date. And, uh, and uh, these, you know, really nice, our favorite pictures of our kids on our walls. It's, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I think it's a really nice sort of idea, gift idea of like, you know, what what about did it even occur to you? And this is the feedback I guess. I never really thought about the fact that we could, you know, order a big poster print and put it in a frame and and have that be a have that be a gift or have that something have that be something that decorates our our house. And we do that and it's great. Um Let's see. I mean I I, I plugged Fantastical for iOS and for Mac. I yeah. use that as a replacement for my calendar and I love it. I love being able to type in Very quickly dash off, you know, lunch with Phil next Thursday at, you know, in Berkeley and hit return. And it just, that's it. (laughs) I don't need to specify anymore. It knows what I mean. That's, uh, you know, I love that. Uh, And then, you know, I mentioned BB Edit. I mentioned Scrivener, too, which I write my my fiction in because it's got, it's that combination. I wrote my first half of my first novel in BB edit with Omni the outliner. Uh, and then Scrivener kind of came in and, and it really worked for me as a combination of like, it's an outliner and a writing program together in some ways where my novels outline, I'm actually writing inside of it because that's the structure of the document. And uh, you know, I know uh, we mentioned in David, you mentioned Scrivener earlier, just, you know, I love it. It's a, it's a really nice long form, uh, writing app so that's another I, I, good one
0: i still cannot wait for the ipad app for that
2: i know i, I they feel so bad about uh, it. they've been talking about it for years they lost their developer midstream I, it sounds like it's close it sounds like yeah. it might actually happen early next year um and i should i should probably write to them and say so how's that going but I, i'm looking forward to that too because that that every now and then i have that thought of like oh i i have some downtime i could do some novel stuff it's like nope can't that's on the mac only that's scrivener yeah
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how spoiled we are at this point? I mean, we just take it for granted that everything should work on every device.
2: Yeah, well, it should, but it's hard work to make that yeah. happen. Yeah.
1: Well, Jason, I'm I'm so thrilled to have you in the... In, in this world full-time now, you know, because I feel like we were sharing you before you were doing some writing for MacWorld, <laughs> but you know, you were, you were working for the man and doing the, the HR thing. And, and now it, it's like, it's yeah. all Jason all the time. And we've got you back with, with six colors. And I'm, I'm loving having clockwise and, an upgrade over uh, as, as a podcast that I get to listen to you at least twice a week. And of course, more often than the incomparable, but uh, I, I'm glad that you kicked the man to the curb and uh, have gone completely independent because I feel like we're getting more, <laughs> More of you now
2: I appreciate that that was that you know that was the goal more more than being out from under the the thumb of the man um the the goal was really the number one thing was I wanted to do more I wanted to make more stuff and although I'm not opposed like I said to being a manager, I didn't want. Uh, to just become a manager because i i I, I love making stuff that 's why I got in this uh, in this field was to to make stuff to write articles and make podcasts and create websites and do all that stuff and and that was like number number one uh number one goal and the 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 reason that getting out under the the thumb of the man was relevant there was that you know at the end there every time i would come with something i was excited about and say maybe we could do this the answer was no because they didn't want to do it and they didn't want to try things that were new and that you know and i needed to go back to my job of managing people and planning for layoffs and things like that and so i am happy to be able to uh Write that stuff again and and share that stuff with everybody and and, uh, and get more of my brain power uh, addressing that stuff. So I'm I'm glad that you like it. I like it too.
0: <laughs> I just had that conversation with my wife last weekend because I I just published one project with the SomniFocus and I'm already working on the next one. She says, I think you're addicted to like. To publishing things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I said, honey, I don't have a single unpublished thought. <laughs> there, there is nothing better. I,
2: I, I, this is so true. There is nothing better than that moment where that where you, that thing you've worked on drops. Wh- yeah, whether, it's a, whether it's just a 300-word article or, like, I really feel that with a podcast. Like, when I post a new incomparable, it's like, yeah, podcast is live. It's like, you know, that was... That that is really great. That is a, that is a great feeling to have a project come to completion and 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 release it to the world. And um, I actually think with the bigger projects, like a book or or even like a podcast, versus a little blog post, it, 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 there's even more of that feeling of like it, I made this thrilling. whole thing and now it's out in the world and it's for you. Enjoy, right? I, I love that. That yeah. that's that's one of the things that I think motivates uh, a lot of us.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm sure for me, I know a part of it is when I hear from people who like use it and get something useful out of it. But I also think maybe if nobody read any of this stuff, I probably would still do it because yeah. I just find it so thrilling yep. to hit that publish button. I agree. Way.
1: Um, well, we can find more of you, Jason over at six either spelled the American or the, or the new England or the English way.
2: Yes. It redirects. (laughs) The redirects. There isn't a separate Commonwealth version of the site with the spelling. Oh, wait a second. Now, Mm
0: -hmm. next time you come back, I want you to have a edit script that will go through and you know um, make it the Queen's English. We've talked about doing something
2: on the server so that if you go to c o l o u r s, it just
0: rewrites all the words Uh, to be
2: spelled right for a plugin. You should
1: you should get like a six six colors extension. Yeah, Greg
2: actually did write something for that that would double publish. It would slow down. Every publish Uh. I did would publish twice, so it would slow it down. I think it's not worth it. But he did actually write that so that I could (laughs) have everything published twice in English and uh, American English, which is insane.
0: I think it would be kind of great, though, I have to admit. (laughs) History History more yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and you can find links to everything that we've talked about in this episode, and and there's been a lot uh, over at our website at MacPowerusers.com or at Five by Five dot TV. You can also find us on Twitter. The show is at MacPowerUsers. I'm Katie Floyd. David is Max Sparky, and Jason, you are
0: at Jason L. There
1: you go. And uh, did I catch everything, David?
0: i think so uh thanks to our sponsors uh LaunchBar, drobo agile bits with one password and the omni group and we will see you all next week and jason thanks so much for uh sharing all this great news with us i can't
2: believe we didn't even talk about star trek
0: you, oh, well i was wait say, a minute then okay, hang on now, <laughs> now that we're on the line before we hang up I, I can't believe we didn't talk about the star wars trailer but that's uh, another thing. Uh.
1: Well, well, we'll have to save that for a next episode, but um, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. It drops yes. the week of Christmas, so thanks to our listeners, and, and uh, have a safe and, and, and happy holiday, and uh, we'll see y'all next time.